Okay. Here we go. Yeah. Shall we? Yeah. Okay. Welcome to the Teamwork Arts Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. The idea here, of course, uh, is to go behind the scenes and uh, try and figure out the thoughts that animate the uh, actions of the people who make the art. And uh, today, uh, we are privileged. We are privileged uh, to have Kishwar Desai with us. Ma'am, thank you very much. First of all, uh, it's an honor to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for the <laughs> so many careers, so much pogo sticking, and uh, and yet you uh, you remain as prolific as ever. There was a two-decade journalistic career, and uh, and now of course um, uh, there's books to write and uh, and things to say. Um, uh, let's start from the beginning. Um, uh, at that point of time, journalism was a very respectable profession, and uh, news as as uh, as one of the distinguished uh, news people. Uh, of the industry said that at that point of time khabre tehla karti thi aur reporters jaakar khabron ko pakad ke laate the aur ab wo khabre jo hain wo simat ke reh gayi hain studio ke andar you of course belong to the to the tribe that usually had, uh, went out and uh, and got the it must have been a very exciting time uh, the dawn of journalism so to speak in india yes i think it was i think it was not only an exciting time it was also a time for uh, creating uh, a new sense especially where women were concerned sure. because when i started my career which was from chandigarh there were uh, quite a few uh, women of course nationally but in the smaller towns there were not too many so i still remember when we would enter the press club uh, suddenly you know three or four of us women there would be like pin drop silence and all the men would look at us as though ye kahan se aa gayi you know that kind of thing and uh, going out and reporting it was still a unknown phenomena for people that you were talking to that these women have come why have they come and there were strange attitudes that one had to occasionally deal with but i think it was a very exciting time because you're right we had to go out and find the news we had to actually go and do our research which i find no longer is the case you know because people um breaking news comes on your mobile phone <laughs> it comes true. via tweet and and it's just announced and you don't even know whether there is any ground uh we were not allowed to put a story in i started with print journalism yes. we were not allowed to put a story out till it was thoroughly researched and at the desk every line would be scrutinized my god every second line would be cut out <laughs> where have you got this information from Absolutely. so I think we learned the hard way but it was a wonderful way to learn and even when I went into uh, television with NDTV is where I started and then worked on you know TV today then had my own production house even ran a, a television channel these were very exciting times because everything we did was also new you yes. know there were no 24/7 channels at that time and the buzz and yeah. the tingle in the fingertips i still yeah. remember because you know uh, uh, transitioning uh, from uh, one art form so to speak to the other you know yes. from only writing and sitting down and thinking yeah. because it would only be published the next day next to actually being you know uh, at know. the forefront of breaking it right. and yet i think uh, you know i truly believe that information is passive which is why we are bombarded with it in, in today's day and age uh, with such intensity but knowledge is active because yes. knowledge has to be gained yes. and i think the dignity of information was very much alive 
at the time when when you were processing that information and passing out that knowledge to people yes and i think i always had the good fortune of working with very hard taskmasters <laughs> both when in my print career later on in even the television career uh, because people would want uh, us to produce our best yes. even though there was not a proliferation the competition may not have been as intense but somehow we all had a sense that we were doing something important and so preparation was deep and uh, very often for one story you know we would uh, traverse the whole of india collecting little bits here there and all that and um, or even abroad we were sent abroad as well uh, i didn't personally go but at ndtv a lot of my colleagues used to go sure. so i think we had a sense of what we were creating was very important or what we were presenting to the people was very important and i still so, remember the aspirational value yes. of it because at that point of time there was um, upper menon yes. uh, uh, down at ndtv there was sp singh uh, who was saying yeah. ye thi khabre aaj tak intezaar yeah, kijiye yeah. kal and i was lucky to have worked with both you know so it was really nice because uh, at uh, sp singh was doing the evening there was, there was no uh, tv today at that time yes. there was only a morning program which i used to anchor called good morning today yes. and there was an evening show which used to say aaj tak which sp singh used to do so yes. I, you know it, it's great to have worked with uh, names I, like that and and they were so um, you know they were mentors they were yes. mentors and they were also people who were able to guide a whole generation of people to For come sure. up so it was very exciting which is where i will lay down my objective interview uh-huh. side and say that i've been an absolutely rabid fan of uh, of good morning today <laughs> good morning today was, good morning today was the uh, was the one that we used to switch on every time and oh, we that's sweet. It, i mean yeah, it, it's absolutely so uh-huh. uh, so it's actually a personal privilege as well to you, Thank know, you. Uh, which is why the questions because they've been roaming in my head for so long and finally i get the opportunity <laughs> you know but uh, having worked in that in that space at that point of time myself at a very small level i know for a fact that as you said mentorship was extremely important there was a buzz yes. everyone was helping everyone out it was a collaborative experience yes. now that seems to have been internalized quite a lot yeah. uh, not just maybe in the tv sphere or in the journalistic sphere but even outside in art per se is it, mm. uh, would you agree that it's become uh, it's become a lot more intrinsic than being a community ex- uh, experience experience yeah i think uh, somewhere uh, well i'm i'm not talking about the art world because uh, i apart from the space that i occupy as a writer as sure. an author i'm not so well experienced about you know people who are painters or uh, sure. you know performers and things like literature that literature is an art literature itself. literature in the field of literature you know literature is a lonely profession sure. and possibly having worked in television with 24/7 deadlines yes. and But also my last job was running a television channel in in and i think if you ever want to be cured <laughs> of your fascination with television one thing you can do is run a television channel and then you realize that so many decisions are taken out of pure commerce i came from a very idealistic background because i wanted to make good programs and at last someone had given me a whole platform on which i could create the sort of wonderful programming that i could do sure. but what i realized is that unless there is hard commerce you know there are there is enough uh, uh, space for the advertising guys to come in and support you there is enough reason so if you're doing avant-garde stuff sometimes it does not sell i think we were a little ahead of our times at that sure. time so uh, having done that i re- i realized that writing and that is a very collaborative space again and i still meet for me the biggest joy is to meet somebody or to see a face on on television today who is a well known anchor someone that i had given a break to or someone that For i sure. had hired sure. so i think i i get a great thrill 
writing is lonely this is something you do on your own so i think the collaborative space here comes later sure. what we are doing for example through literature festivals through the marketing exercise but when you're writing you're really writing because you're inhabiting a space which is in your mind for sure it may be that you're working with a lot of material and a lot of actual you've done your research but you need those long hours you know when, when you're totally by yourself and uh, i'm disturbed that's why covid was fantastic for me <laughs> my new book which is on devika rani i wrote during the covid time sure. where um, you know i was start writing at 8 o'clock in the morning nobody was coming nobody was going there was no jhadu pocha so i could <laughs> i could just spread my papers all over the house i had two suitcases full of notes wow. which i gathered over 15 years and i could then just sit down and write the book so but that's a lonely lonely job but it is so spectacularly beautiful to listen to someone saying that they've got two suitcases full of research yes. for for what one when, book when, only one book when yeah. you and these are huge <laughs> suitcases yeah enormous when, when all you hear is oh i got an idea and i put it down on paper <laughs> it's uh, yeah i do believe that uh, well novels can be written like that you have an idea of course they can yes. Uh, yes and yet even in novels even in fiction there needs to be in a research. kernel of yes. truth yes. is it not yes. um but um, uh, the 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 initial formation of ideas i think is extremely extremely important for that and uh, uh, having read most of your books uh, especially uh, the one with uh, about sunil dat and and nargis um, you know uh, it was so beautiful to to see someone who's respected information the dignity of information yeah. that came out uh, from the words was absolutely phenomenal and, and it's so wonderful and refreshing to see someone who respects information so much and i research. worked very hard on that yes. because you know that Uh, that was that was an, a very tough book to write because uh, both of them were no more neither yes. nargis nor sunil dat and very much what i found in devika rani's case not many people actually knew their real uh, self they they had very little idea of who they were so even though i went out and interviewed loads i had 50 hours of tape which then i had to sit and transcribe by myself so i would sometimes be in tears saying what have i gotten myself into <laughs> but i spent off and on maybe a year in bombay tracking down information track of course we were lucky we managed to get um, access to the letters and diaries and to the family and so on but all of this also meant that the more information you have the more you need to sit and sort it, sort it all out and then to put it into a credible narrative uh but i think that's where the years in television really has helped me sure. because when uh, we used to go out and do a story and you have a deadline and even though by the end when i was working with ntv i had switched more to features i preferred features yes, but those kind of narratives also you need a beginning a middle and an end and you don't have much time the, yeah. you have to put the narrative together maybe in like half an hour you come you sit at your desk and you very quickly you know track what are your what is the footage and then go through it and then quickly say okay this is what i'll start with this one there and this is what so you know very quickly one learned you know our 20 years in television taught me very fast to figure out what the narrative was Absolutely. so i think that's where i've been a little lucky with my books and people always say you write them very fast i write them very fast because for me uh, when i've done my research the narrative just kind of works itself out the thread works the, the, itself the thread works itself out and then i know how the chapters will evolve you know because then i don't have to struggle
when we so, were having our training uh, yeah. uh, uh, at the Institute group, uh, the BBC would come to train us, and um, uh, they would. Uh, there was this little simple question, which was, uh, "What does what you write pass the who cares test?" Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, right. and that was what it was. But uh, uh, but darling, ji, I mean, you know, I, I was fascinated by the fact that these two um, layered personalities. They were larger in life. Uh, there was Sunil Dutt with his political career and. Uh, and of course, their story was fraught, mm. and uh, and the the way that you brought out the nuance, and the way that um, you treated it uh, without prejudice, so to speak, because it's very easy to be swayed, right? Mm. Was that a difficult process? Uh, no, I don't think so, because I think both the characters, um, I found a lot of sympathy for them. You know, I have to say, to uh, which was not the case with Devika. With Devika, the sympathy came when I delved deeper and deeper into her story, and I saw how much. Uh, how she had been maligned, as a lot of women are. Yeah. And uh, similarly, I found the same case with Nargis, because, you know, she had had an affair with Raj Kapoor earlier. So a lot of people used to look at her from that prism. Sure. And the fact that her mother, you know, Jadan Bai was a singer and, you know, a courtesan and so on. So she had to carry that baggage. Sure. So I think for her, for me, I was able to empathize with Sunil Dutt also, because he came from a family that was disrupted completely by partition. Yes. So yes. when he came to Bombay, he had only 50 rupees in his pocket. Sure. So I think their narratives made me look at, uh, it was a narrative of what is possible in India. We have a lot of these stories coming out now about uh, social mobility. Yes. But in this particular case, I could see the social mobility in front of me because she starts from literally the, the daughter of a courtesan, which is not a very, and then works herself up and lands up in the Rajya Sabha. And, and he comes uh, for, for, as a refugee from partition, 50 rupees, in a, and lands up in the Lok Sabha. So, you know, for me, this was a narrative which was all about the possibilities. One is a Hindu, one is a Muslim. Yes. So it also worked at that level that how well they negotiated their lives together. And I think there was a very important example in that, that they were able to celebrate their festivals together. There was never any falling out over the fact that they came yes. from different religions. So this is the beauty of India, where you know people can live from different uh, social stratas. And, and even when they met, there were huge dichotomies between them yes. because he was like a struggling film star, not even a film star, he was a struggling actor, yeah. uh, nobody. And she was the reigning queen of Indian Absolutely. cinema. So I'm saying that, you know, their, their trajectories are very interesting to plot sure. and to bring together. And, and I was helped vastly by the fact that both of them used to write and they'd kept diaries. And that was, uh, that was where I was able to bring in, not gossip, because that was something I didn't want to bring in at all. Sure. I wanted to bring in an authenticity and I was fortunate that I brought, I, I found those papers and diaries and letters which the family shared with us and I was able to uh, work that book. I also think that that story becomes even more relevant in today's uh, yes. constricted times, does yes, it not? Yes. I mean, would you have been able to tell the story um, now, you think? I mean, obviously, when you... I don't think there's a problem with a story like that because, um, you know, the environment, this is the wonderful thing about India. India works at many levels. We tend to get distracted by what is being shown on television. Yes. I used to be, and my husband and I are avid television viewers because I come from a TV background yes. and in our house, the television is on all the time. Sure. Now, I just watch the ticker. I do not listen to the news because then I make up my own mind what has happened, what has not happened. I read the newspapers. I have an informed opinion, which sure. may be informed by different, uh, I talk to a lot of people and I keep my opinion 
uh, as as fodder for another day. Of course. You know, where it may it may reflect itself in in the books I write or in in the articles I write or something. But I don't I don't worry about tweets and I don't worry about other things which are oh. happening. So for me, it's very important that we remember that India that the, India is a multi-layered, multi-level country. <laughs> so please don't take a single narrative. This yeah. country will never ever have a single narrative. And that's so, the that's the problem, isn't it, uh, ma'am? That uh, the fact that even doing even ignoring has become hard work now. There's, there seems I to be. I don't think so. No, I, I don't think so. I think you can continue to write uh, because you are reflecting society. You're reflecting the society you have seen. Sure. I'm reflecting the society I have seen as a writer. What I have experienced. I will never try and venture into areas I know nothing about. For sure. So, Darling Ji, I think will always be a beautiful romantic love story. But it is also the story of Indian cinema. You know, it's also the evolution of a hundred years of Indian cinema, just like the Devakarani book is sure. about early Indian cinema and the contribution of this very passionate group of people who came together from all over the world to create great cinema. Um, both Nargis and Sunil Dutt did their own kind of cinema in their own way, sure. and their contributions were enormous. So, and Jadan Bai, her mother, you know, despite having been a courtesan and so on, she was one of the first. Again, uh, multifaceted producers. She could sing. She could act. She could write scripts. She could, you know. So I think we need to remember that sure. these contributions cannot be forgotten. Of course, and uh, mm-hmm. then of course um, there's a parallel line of uh, of the Devika Rani, Nicholas Rorick narrative. Swetislav, sorry, Rorick. You know, uh, the whole thing about uh, from from the pinnacle of fame to. Uh, to being a, a, a virtual recluse, recluse. that uh, yes. that must have been a very interesting uh, uh, progression to follow as well. No? Yes. Well, in between, I did write three novels, which, yeah. were, which were on, uh, you know, about the detectives and and a crime series, which fortunately is being made into a web series now. And I did also write a book on Jalia Malabag, which again is a forgotten. I think as a journalist, one of the things which impacts my writing is I like to look at hidden stories, stories that nobody else is talking about, sure. and it could be it could come from anywhere. And I found that with Jalia Malabag as well, which was a book I wrote before uh, the book on uh, Devika, because we run this museum as you know, on the partition yes, of, of India in um, in Amritsar. And I found these amazing photographs dated back to 1919 um, that I knew nothing about. Sure. Uh, and I found nobody knew anything about them either. You know, there were these uh, photographs of what had happened in the area around the Golden Temple in 1919 outside of Jallianwalabagh. Sure. And so many buildings had been burned, so many things had happened. So my, I was, uh, you know, this sort of journalist, detective, <laughs> Uh, personality took over and I wrote that book and I think I'm amazed at how many people got back to me including my own mother who is now 87 and said she could not put that book down and my father who is now 97 and he said he did not know so much of the information that I had put in the book and they were they were living very close because Jalia Malabag happened a hundred years ago my father's 97 so some of that information uh, could have been passed on, sure. but it had been completely covered up, both by the um, uh, by by the British very right. strongly, and by people at that time who feared of a, a terrible repercussion sure. if they spoke the truth at sure. that time. And then, of course, many the, the freedom struggle took over, and so many things. So a lot of 
uh, things that happened in Jallianwala Bagh happened in Amritsar were covered up and not known. So I think that was again a very exciting book for me to write. But that was a different kind of research. Sure. Devika Rani, of course, was a but that, the Devika Rani, as I said, had started much <laughs> earlier, 15 years back, when right. I started working on Darlingji. It was a parallel story. Right. Another very strong, very ambitious woman. But her narrative turned out to be very different because I discovered. Um, the abuse that she had faced and all the all the patriarchy that she had of faced uh, which uh, Nargis would have also faced of course from uh, uh, the early areas but um, time but then she was protected by the fact that her mother was there For sure. and you know was also a very strong and dominant uh, matriarch of course. if you like uh, of, of that period whereas um, Devika didn't have any such uh, figure in her life sure. and sure. and she was literally had to fend for herself sure. you know and she she did a damn good job <laughs> absolutely yeah. and uh, and of course uh, uh, i would certainly like to use that very same phrase for the way that you've told the story because stories being told um, uh, as a damn good job are absolutely phenomenal Thank you. so um, one last question of course which is that you know uh, the times that we live in with the attribution with the blacks and whites the grays are uh, are not getting discussed as much as they would probably deserve to be because we live life in grace. You think telling stories becoming a little difficult in these times? Not at all. I don't think so. I think it depends on what you want to tell, what is the narrative. Every story uh, has shades of grey. Every story has um, has either an inspirational component or a despondent sure. uh, component in it. Um, right now, I'm the chair of a jury that is uh, judging some a non-fiction prize. Right. And I am reading a lot of books which are coming out from India. Sure. And I am amazed at the, at the scope and the vision and the breadth uh, of things which, and this is a prize meant for women, the women are writing. I'm so wow. excited. You know, it's no longer, an, uh, as I keep saying, a singular narrative. Sure. They're looking at India from different ways. There's, there's a book about tribes, there's a book about food, there's a book about, I mean, everything under the sun. So I'm saying that, you know, there's so much still to be written about in India and the shades of grey will always be there. Sure. Uh, they appear, yes, um, a lot in novels, which, uh, which is my next book, which I'm writing, and they appear everywhere, but every person has shades of grey. There is no. no way that you can demarcate and say this is a black and white figure, and I have found that consistently. Even though Devika is my heroine of my last <laughs> book, but she has shades of grey. Cert certain, certain decisions she takes, you may not appreciate them, but then you realize that if a man had taken the same decisions, you yeah. would have taken a completely different point of view. Oh, Absolutely. yeah, he's so smart. <laughs> Look what he did. But Absolutely. because a woman is taken, you'll, you'll be judgmental and you'll say, why did she do this? Absolutely. She's so wicked, Absolutely. you know. This. So, you know, so this kind of dual standard also uh, impacts the grays. For sure. it, it depends on how are you looking at things. For sure. From what, uh, what uh, spectrum are you looking right. at it. Right. Same thing can look very good, same thing can of look course. very bad. And, and I think as a writer, we take all these things in our stride and we have to include that in whatever we write. I think it's the undercurrents that make everything so exciting. Yes, so, yes, it's uh, a very exciting time. Yes, yeah. and uh, yeah. uh, we tend to get bogged down by what we see, but there's always the other side. And uh, I think everything, every moment in life comes with its own challenges and uh, whatever you do, you do it well or you do it with the way in your beliefs and your way, uh, it will work. 
This golden, is my this is my belief. Abs- golden rays of sunshine, I tell you. It's, uh, uh, the golden rays of hope uh, are uh, extremely, extremely important to light up these dark times that I we live so. in. I hope and uh, thank you for providing some slivers, at least. That's extremely uh, important to us. Um, uh, Great Kishwar to Deshaun. talk to you. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank uh, you. Thank do you. read the book, uh, Darling Ji. If you haven't read, is a spectacular uh, exposition of um, of personalities and of uh, Bollywood, which of course we seem to be obsessed with. The longest kiss, of course. Uh, the Life and Times of Devika Rani, which is the new book. Which is the new book. Uh, you should certainly turn the pages on that one because uh, that taste is delicious. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kishwar Desai with us. Thank you very much, ma'am, for your time. Thank you. Um, we hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back, of course. Uh, for that, you'll just have to wait. Thank you for listening. This is the Teamwork Ads Podcast.